How you going, guys? Welcome back to the Optimize Self podcast, episode six today. It is with Stefan Tissa. Stefan is an entrepreneur, a business owner, and he has successfully ran a cafe here in the western suburbs of Melbourne called West 48. It is a great space. They serve awesome coffee, great food, and the environment there that he's created is very inspiring and welcoming. We talk a lot about business, we talk about life's motivations, the hardships that you might come across in life, we talk about fear, and it's just a generally a good conversation that I thoroughly enjoyed. I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast, and if you could give me a follow, a subscribe, a bit of a rating on iTunes, that would be great, and feedback is always welcome. I hope everything sounds okay in this podcast. I had a little bit of trouble with the audio, but uh, I feel that I may have fixed it up. Enjoy this episode, guys. Merry Christmas, and I look forward to getting back into this in the new year. Enjoy. All right, Stefan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, Usually when I've done my last few podcasts, I like write down a few dot points because you don't want to kind of like have some sort of structure to what I'm doing but I just decided today because I know you quite well just to uh just to let it happen live and unscripted yes um thanks for the coffee yeah absolute pleasure um before we get started because I wanted to talk to you about I mean pretty much a lot of a lot of things you know like your life story and Maybe a bit of a bit of business, obviously, of, of where you're up to and what you what you've been doing over the last five years. Um, but before we get into that, I mean, do you mind talking a little bit about you know kind of where you've been or where you've come from? You know, yeah, yeah. It's probably one of the hardest things to do, isn't it, talking about yourself and, and denoting yourself in some ways. Um, my background really, I suppose, is, um, has been quite varied. I've you know I'm professionally qualified worked um, with the public service for many years, um, worked with Parliament, uh, worked with the Ombudsman's Office, um, and then have always had this, this itch, you know, this, this need to kind of explore and do things for myself, and in some ways be my own boss, but also be a little bit more in control of my destiny. Mm. And, um, an opportunity came up uh, some years ago with uh, my former business partner, and, uh, you know, it was... Uh, an opportunity was too good to, to miss out on. I just sort of found, starting to find my feet with doing fit-outs and, and building. And um, My former business partner was a, a hospitality professional. And, you know, we sort of came together, had a meeting of the minds at the time, and we were able to create uh, what is now, I guess, a bit of a legend in, in, the, in the suburbs of, uh, of Footscray. Yeah. Um, but at that point, you know, we were, we were both... Uh, it was, a, it was an experiment, you know. I mean, mm. I, I was excited about the opportunity, but it was also very much... Um, uh, it was very exposing, you know, in regard to sort of stepping out into entrepreneurship and yeah. leaving leaving what I thought at the time was, you know, a, a really good position, you know, you know guaranteed pay, um, annual leave, sick leave, all the, the trimmings, I suppose, with yeah. professional employment, you know, sort of stepping out into the wild. So you were living in Canberra. In Canberra. Yep, uh, working. My background, sorry, sorry. My background really was I um, originally in Canberra, started in Canberra, finished my degree in Melbourne, um, and then sort of done all sorts of different roles, but mainly in sales and marketing initially. Yep. Um, my background is science, but never really kind of fulfilled that. Yeah. That dream of my parents. It was more. Yeah. <laughs> it was always somewhere else. Um. That's that's quite interesting. What were you, what was going on like before, like you know, like you you're born in Sri Lanka, yep. yeah. Um, how many years did you live in Sri Lanka before oh, you came to Australia? I, I think of myself as an honorary Sri Lankan only in name because I honestly I left Sri Lanka when I was four. Oh wow! Really don't have much recollection of it. You know, I feel Sri Lankan, you know, but I'm I, I also feel a real strong bond with Australia. Yeah. You know, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Very, very Aussie. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I think this is one of the greatest countries in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you've you've moved to Melbourne and you've created, you know, this 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 business and you've created this environment for people that don't know. I have talked about coffee on the podcast before, but I actually work for Stefan 
making coffee and serving and doing a bit of managing in his cafe that he has created. Um, work with I, w- I work with him. Um, it's, cr- it's a great cafe. It's, it's, it's doing well and he's created this space. Um, so just talking about like how did you, like when did you make that decision from being in a position of say like uh, a comfortable position of a government job, you've got the perks, you know, you might be living in this bubble of, of being comfortable and like to be able to take that step and say, all right, I'm going to just go for it and, and, and go out on my own. Like, I mean, how do you come to a point of, of making that decision? It's, it's funny you say that because, I mean, you, you, you know, when I sort of take my, my mind back to, to sort of that period just before I, I decided to start, I found myself getting increasingly frustrated with, with things, you know, more than, more than, more than normal. I, I've always been quite impatient, you know, I'm, I've, I've always been a big dreamer, always, you know, sort of always dressed for the job that I wanted, never for the job that I was in, you know, that kind of thing. Always believed that, that the world was mine to take on if, if, if that was what I wanted to do. Um, but I, 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 I had a, a really, I guess I would describe this probably the, the perfect kind of position when I worked uh, at Parliament and I was seconded to a position and I was there for a number of years and came back to my, my I suppose, what was my original position um, back in Melbourne. And having experienced life in that sort of environment, you know, made me really look, look at what it was that I had and what I thought you know, was, was very fulfilling at that time. And then realised that it was, whilst, whilst it, was, it was a great thing at that stage, it just wasn't fulfilling. Like, I felt quite empty. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because as I sort of, you know, it's something, things that I don't really think, think, of, think on much now these days because, you know, so much has happened and so much time has passed. Mm. When you think about the frustration, you know, a lot of the time it, it, that seems to be the catalyst with, with a lot of people I see. You know, I suppose people that I would consider my peers and my colleagues and, and, and my mentors in many ways as well where there's there's that that element where you you've been on this path you've been on this 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 rat race or whatever it might be and and the, you, you find yourself getting busier and busier but not actually fulfilling mm. you know, that that thing that that need inside of you yeah and that was it it was that, that was pretty much it i mean that was the catalyst yeah I more out of what it was that i was doing i just wasn't happy getting up go to work and it was just repetitious as well, you know, kind of needed some, some spice, I suppose. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you think about, like, I'd say, like, a lot of people, I'd say there's probably a lot of people that, were, that are in that position now or have been in that position, and they don't, they might not make that decision to, like, take the risk or start a new career or a job, and, you know, by they get to their 40s and 50s or, you know, older, and... That they, they could have a mountain of regret, you know, built up on their shoulders from, from not taking that risk. Was that something you had thought about? It's funny you say that, anyone, because it's only recently that I've, I've sort of considered regret as probably more of a driving factor. Um, one of my aunts and one of my uncles, they were probably the, the most pivotal people in my sort of semi-adult space when I came to Australia. You know, I stayed with them. They were mum and dad to me for many years. Um, they're now in a in an aged care facility, you know, and and I've I've been I guess just by default have visited them at this facility, and sort of looking at, at these people, you know, you, you realise that life is finite, you know, you don't actually think about it like you know when you've got your health and youth and, and that kind of thing, time, and, you know, you're you're sort of bouncing off with ideas and people and, and you know so much is happening so quickly, but going into to these to the elderly home, you. It's a great level, you know. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are or, or mm. what, whatever you've done, whatever your journey is. You know, it seems like this is our destination. We're all headed. You know, we're all going to get frail. We're all going to end up getting sick in some way. And, and you know, it is the the ultimate sort of. Um, I suppose what I'm trying to say is that it's it's actually more about when you look at people in that position, you sort of then are forced to really deal with what their thoughts are and the way they look at their lives and ultimately that's what it is isn't it you look back and it's your legacy mm. you, know, you want to make sure that you've left everything in life you've mm. taken nothing with you because ultimately 
Yeah, you kind of want to arrive at death's door, kind of beaten and exhausted. Yeah. I mean, I'd love my cat to be, you know, all used up. Yeah. He left nothing to chance. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you, like, have you always been like? Was there a drive from your your young younger years at all that pushed you to want to be like industrious as you got older? Like, has it been part of your your journey? It's it's like part of my DNA. You know, it's something that I I always watched my my mum and dad sort of do. You know, they they lived in the Middle East for many years, and you know they left Sri Lanka, which was where we were all born. But they they lived in in the Middle East and worked in the Middle East because that was what you do in Sri Lanka. You know, and you sort of go abroad and you get work and you sort of worked very hard, you know, money was hard to come by, we certainly weren't wealthy growing mm. up, uh, but watching dad work and sort of the, his, his tenacity, you know, that, that kind of, it didn't matter, you know, what the demands of work were, he was always there, and he also then was able to come home and, and be an amazing father to me, or an amazing role model, Yeah. Um, and I think because of that, you know, there was no other way, it's like, if you want something, you go out, and you, you get it, you mm. work hard for it, I mean, it's just like you, you know, I watch, I work with you very closely, I speak to you a lot, you know, we have lots of sort of brown paper bag discussions around, you know, around the table and, you know, how often do we talk about that, that need, you know, I mean, things are out there, opportunities everywhere. Yeah. It's just like you've got to align yourself with, with what it is that you think your destiny is and a lot of the time you've got to create that opportunity. Yeah. You know, and so it kind of, it, it really marries up with the person that I am. Yeah, for sure. So... Let's get back to where you were at. You know, you've you've come come to Melbourne from Canberra, and you've you're going ahead with wanting to start a business. Like, what happens there? Like the the risk involved, and you know, what are the next steps to want to say open up your own your own cafe? Look, it, it was an interesting thing because I, you know, knowing what I know now, um, I definitely wouldn't have approached business the way I did. You know, I think yeah. I would have probably spent a little bit more time planning and being a little bit more. I would have, I think more than anything else, I think I would have spent more time actually um, being more focused on, on financing myself a little bit better, you know, because when I came into the business, I was balls in, there was, there was nothing, you know, I had no plan B, there was no exit strategy. Yeah. We hadn't, like we opened on, on a Friday and had we not done a decent trade, and I've told you the story, had we not done a decent trade, you know, Saturday, Sunday and Monday, I would have closed on Tuesday because we literally had no yeah. So just in terms of what it takes, I think, you know, the I I I'm envious of my younger self or that, that junior self of five years ago, you know, where I I believed that, that you could just do it, you could create opportunity and it, it would follow you, you know. I mean now I understand there's a lot more technique to it and there's definitely a lot more strategy behind my planning. Mm. Um, but at that point in time it was very much a case of so cavalier. Trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, I mean, there is no, you know, we both of us, you know, my, my business partner at the time, he had some experience, but, you know, had definitely didn't have the experience of running a space. Um, and for me, I suppose that was more uh, skill set in, in administration, sort of an ability to kind of control the finances and that kind of thing. Mm. But as far as the organic nature of the way business is and, you know, the public and how they approach you, Completely. It was an unknown. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, how long has the business been running for now? Six years. Now. Six years. And you're at the point now where you can say, like, I mean, is that is it five years that people say that if your business survives yeah, five I years, mean, then then naturally it'll do good. I believe, like from what I've from what I've seen, all the readings I've sort of experienced, it, it appears that five years seems to be the better, like the, the time where you can really step back and evaluate. I mean, I think they look at it as being the robust, the robustness of the business, you know, depending on how, um, I guess you've got enough data over that period to give you a good sense of how business is going. And they say that most businesses fall within the first six to eight months, you know. That's yeah. Open. That's when, that's probably the most trying times. Yeah. Like, um, the second and third years were quite... You know, I found them difficult, you know, I, that, that fatigue, I guess, of business where as, as the person in charge and the person that's sort of running and the person that owns it, you know, you sort of want to do every, have mastery of el- every element of the business, you know, and then I think 
at the by the time five years comes around, you realise that whilst you know you you are very reliant on your team, you also need to be able to delegate better. Yeah. You also got to be able to hire people that are probably more skilled than you at, at doing particular jobs and, and have you know a better, better knowledge. Yeah. To, to give you give the business more more strength, I guess, you know, more robustness. It's funny because you do often hear that sometimes, like listening to say other podcasts with successful entrepreneurs or business owners mm. and some of the t- a tip that I've heard them say is like you know if you're starting your own business do your best to hire people to help you out along the way rather than being like well I can save money here and I'll make I'll make the coffee I'll wait as well mm. and I'll be in the kitchen mm-hmm. it's like like you, you need that assistance don't you and yeah. have you seen through running a business that um I mean like it's obviously help you grow as a person on all levels mm. but that business that you've created is a bit of like a mirror image of your own self in a sense it is uh, i mean look it is because i think that i think business is very much like you know starting a fire you know and what you said about getting people in and getting the right people for the right role because what happens is as as the owner you're initially quite i mean it's it's fit you you start you open you expose you're vulnerable you know um and you tend to, to want to control every element of it. Like I remember doing the, the math the arithmetic, you know, the first day we'd open, kind of trying to work out how many lattes we'd have to sell to make rent and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But like a fire, you know, business needs oxygen to grow, you know, and, and so the oxygen is you not actually trying to smother it by going, well, I'll work in the kitchen, I'll do the, ca- the coffee and I'll do the front of house in, in this example. Um, but when you're starting out, you just don't have the funds, you know. I mean, yeah. Things like, you know, where, you know, podcasts these days, they focus on, on many industries, but a lot of the people that are really successful that are kind of the, um, the golden children of the podcast um, world, they do a lot of stuff electronically. You know, it's all via the internet. You know, business is changing. You know, it's changed so much in mm. the last six to 12 months. But listening to the way they do it, they go out and they get the funding and then they're able to get a group of engineers, tech guys, and they're able to get X, Y, Z, you know, to be, help support their, their, their schemes. But with us, when it's very manual orientated, you need people, you need to be able to trust people. Yeah. If you're running a business, you're not having enough time to sort of build that trust with yourself and your staff. Yeah. Yeah, look, it's, 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 been, a, it's been a real interesting ride, you know, and, and I think that in terms of answering specifically your question, I... I believe it does mirror you because, you know, you. I was fortunate enough to work in every facet of the business, you know, right from the kitchen hand, uh, right up to, you know, working, uh, being a chef, in, one of the chefs in the kitchen and then, you know, making coffee and working front of house. And I was always clumsy front of house, but never really, really suited that role. But, yeah. Um, but having said that, it, it, it really helped to, to form an appreciation for, for the, the technicalities of the role, you know, and also a real empathy for people that are in that in that firing line, you know, where you, you've got to sort of show up to work and do particular things that might be difficult and repetitious and, and, and whatever it might be. Mm. Um, but discipline, you know, hard work, all of that, yeah, it's very much part of who I am. So, mm. yeah. And how does it go, like, say, having to manage, you know, like, obviously now you, you've, the business has been successful for quite a while and you can take a little bit of a step back. You know, you're not exactly managing everyone mm-hmm. like you were, say, at the start, mm-hmm. but trying to create, you know, and manage all these different personalities can be a challenge along yeah. the way. And, I mean, that must sh- show you a lot about, a lot about you know, yourself but also, you know, other people and, and how important relationships are in yeah, business. Look, I think, you know, to be honest, I think that one, you know, I think customer service in any way, you know, I, I think every business deals with customer service, but customer service is the ultimate in relationships, you know, it's this, um, a customer chooses to come to you, or, you know, a staff member chooses to come and work with you, and that kind of thing, and relationships are the absolute, you know, in, in my world, in, in, in wherever I go, whatever the business model that I might come up with, and, you know, concoct as we move forward, mm. it's such an integral part of it, you know, making sure that it's funny because you know once once I get a business I guess the business gets to a particular size you know you 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 become a lot more hands off and but it, it still needs that continuous coaxing you know there's always training opportunities there's always opportunities to work with you know have one on ones with staff mm. um, you know always opportunities to listen you know sources of pain are usually the things that create 
issues, you know, within a business. And mm. It's always important, doesn't matter how big we are, you know, to, to maintain relationships and also making ensuring that the right people are in the right roles. You know, quite recently, I've sort of, it's been, I guess, it's it's become quite a, a clear, clear thing to me that you know, it doesn't matter how big we get, we've always got to really make sure that we're investing in our people as in the staff that work with us, um, because if it is. If it is, as I say, you know, a, a representation of your brand, mm. you know, every person that works for you and works with you is your ambassador. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to be very careful, not so much with who you're, you're hiring, but how, what the message is that's been put out into the community, you know, because, and it could be the community, and community is, is such a broad word, but the community of your staff, the community of your customers, you know. Yeah. The community of, of the suburb, it's, it's such, such an integral part mm. of business. Like, I think that's a good point because obviously you create that, the community within the cafe, you know, within the staff, you know, that uh, that mirrors then, you know, obviously the customers that are coming in and talking to the baristas or the waiters. Yeah. And then that leaks out into the wider community of the suburb of Footscray and, and then, it, then it spreads to people that are like, well, you know, I heard about this cafe in the yeah. western suburbs. Mm. Um, check it out. So, like, it is, it's definitely... You know, it's an important thing, and that's why, like, you always talk about. I've heard you mention a few times over the years is like consistency mm. and consist consistency with a good product. It's not necessarily like you're trying to make the best coffee in mm. the world. Absolutely. You just want to have good, consistent tasting coffee where mm. people know that they can go there and sit down for a good cup of coffee and a yeah. good conversation. Yeah. I mean, how important is consistency to you? Oh, look, it's paramount, man. I mean, you know, the thing is, I think. You know, even with your product, you know, we talk about coffee, for example. I was, ne- I have by no means ever claimed to be a good barista. You know, I think I, at best, was an average barista making coffee. I was quick, but that was probably because my attention to detail is, is scant, you know, and then perhaps my milk wasn't textured as well as yours is, you know, and that <laughs> kind of thing. And I never claimed to be. But I think the difference with me, well, not necessarily differentiating me between me and my staff, but I just love being in front of people. That was, that was my joy. And so I'm sure, you know, I probably put out about 50,000 very average coffees. But yeah. They were coffees that brought people back because we were actually, people were not connecting with me over my coffee. They were mm. connecting with me as the guy that made the coffee. You know mm. what I mean? Those fun conversations, the, the little anecdotes from the weekend, whatever it might be. Um, but that consistency as an owner was easy because, well, it was make or break. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't get up, front up and do the right thing by my customers, then very quickly I would get judged, you know, by, by where they decided to get their coffees. But as far as making sure that um, you have, coming back to the ambassadorship, the consistency is all about making sure that you have one consistent message that goes from me to the people that manage my, you know, my, my business, to the people that manage the staff, etc., etc., and down the line. You mm. know? And if, like we were saying before, it's infectious. You know, if, mm. if you have a, a good environment, you provide a good environment to people. Um, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, you're always going to get a better result than you expected. Yeah. Mm. So, has there been times over the last say six years that, like, you know, I mean that you've wanted to maybe, you've almost felt like needing to throw the towel in because business can obviously get, it's never just easy. Yeah, look, it hasn't been easy. I mean, you know, you, we, we talk about businesses in terms of their relative success and, you know, measures of, you know, how do you measure the success of a business, you know? For me, I don't measure business by the wealth that it creates, you know? I, I measure it by, again, coming back to consistency, you know? I think ultimately that's all it is. You know, whether you'd be looking for finance, whether you'd be looking to, you know, to to rep, uh, recreate and replicate your brand, you know, you want to ensure that that consistency is, is key. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so with with the way business is, has been, and, and it's, it's been, look, it's been eye-opening because as you, like when you're in the business, you can control many factors and many facets, like you were saying earlier. You, if you need to then go and help out in the kitchen to kind of, you know, maybe get a, get a bottleneck sorted out at, at a particular busy part of the day, for example, you can because you're multi-skilled. But then as you grow, people get a lot more specialised, you know. So imagine me saying, hey, Imon, leave, leave, leave your tools and I need you in the kitchen, you know, I need you scrambling eggs or whatever. It's a completely different dynamic now, mm. you know. And so the, the element of 
of business that I'm kind of getting used to at the moment is the ensuring that we have the right balance of staff with the right balance of energy and the right balance of kind of knowledge in terms of the industry and then bringing that together, you know, to, to, to make sure that we, we can, yeah, because I, I've got, I've got, I've got huge plans for the business. Here, yeah. And so I'm, I've sort of been benchmarking a lot of the things at West 48, things that we do well, things that we haven't done well, and probably things that we've stuffed up yeah. in the Royal Yeah. Um, it's, it's all learning, I think. Yeah. It's all good lessons. And, you know, a business that, that becomes stagnant is a business that dies. Right? Yeah. So we're, we're always employing ways, you know, re-energizing the way we, we do things, you know, whether it be the menu, whether it be, you know, little bits of infrastructure, little projects that we take on, you know, try and make people more comfortable, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, um, I guess that's the fun part of business. Yeah. I find that's like, I mean, it's a bit of a metaphor for life in a sense, like business as well, in the sense like, you know, you've created this entity or this business which kind of represents who you are a little bit. But to maintain it, you have to be willing to change, willing to accept, willing to, you know, like face the, the, the problems and obviously, you know, face the good times and enjoy it. But, I mean, I find it's the same with me if it's with, or you know, people that I've trained when I was a personal trainer with, you know, the consistency of exercise or the consistency of eating healthy or actually realizing that the results aren't going to come in three months you need to start and you need to like realize that this takes time and you need to be willing to adapt and move on when something doesn't when something doesn't work so i mean i think it's yeah like i've really i I kind of that that's how i kind of like you know see it in my own eyes because that's obviously how i think I'm no, so into I, I really admire you. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I, I think of you as one of my role models, just in terms of your, your ability to, to. You're very clear. Like you've got a very clear destiny or destination in your mind. Um, and what I love about the way you approach life is your your willingness to learn. You're always like you know you, your intelligence always really surprises me pleasantly. Not you know I don't mean to be condescending, but I'm your your knowledge and. Your breadth of knowledge, I guess, is probably the nice way to put it. Mm. You know so much about so many different things mm. because you're naturally curious as well. But your consistency is probably the key to everything. Mm. You're continuously learning, you know, you're continuously seeking out the newest, newest, best things, whether it be for your body, whether it be for your spiritual self. Mm. Um, and you know, it's and and that for me is is key as as someone that's sort of out there now in terms of you know the business and whatever is to surround myself with people that are leaders in their own spaces, you know, whether they be leaders in the industry, whether they be leaders of themselves, mm. but people that are definite, you know, have, have, have a definite input-output quotient. Yeah. Like, you put in this much and this is what I expect to receive. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and life doesn't, is not necessarily transactional, but I believe very strongly that it is what you manifest. You know, you put in something, Mm. And something is returned. Mm. If you are positive, then positivity is returned. You know, notwithstanding, you know, the the calamities of life and, and that kind of thing. You know, I, I really, really see you as, as someone that's really, you know, has has a brilliant future. And, you know, I love love talking to you. Yeah, well, I think it's like, it's one of those things. Like I, I feel that, um, I mean. We never like if 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 like you said if, when business becomes stagnant then it's going to fail and it can, it's the same for, you, for for being a human it's like you've got this you know maybe eighty years hundred years if you're lucky it's like you've got you've got this this period of time and there is so much to learn but I feel like to grow and to learn more you need to be able to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions if it's like all right I've I'm taking on two managing days a week or whatever. Like when I started doing some managing shifts yeah. at the cafe, I was actually quite nervous. But I'm like, I know I'm, I've 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 done enough self reflection, and obviously through like say fitness and martial arts, it's like chuck yourself in the deep end, get in those uncomfortable positions, and just see what happens. And it's amazing because once you've done it for one or two days, you're like, I can do this. Yeah. And I mean, I obviously see the same with you with you know starting starting a business you know um where you need to actually you're going to have overheads and debt for the first couple of years or whatever it is it's like just chucking yourself straight in there and going for it and it's that consistency like we said before that that 
that allows you to kind of, you know, reap the rewards at yeah. the end. I think consistency and patience are the two key factors for, you know, would-be entrepreneurs. I think that that's the main thing. You know, obviously, the hard work, the need to control things, all of that sort of stuff, you know, that, that can go without, without mentioning. But being patient, you know, I mean, one of, I think one of my, my greatest assets and also probably one of my biggest challenges in terms of the person that I am is the fact that I'm so impatient. You know, I, I really have this, this need to continue to grow, you know, and, and, I, and I have this need to be exponential in, in what it is that I approach. And, you know, every, and, and one of, I sometimes tire myself out because I'm, I think there's opportunity in everything, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, look at something and go, hey, I'm sure we can do this better, you know, how difficult could that be? Yeah. And I look at something that's been done and, and think, well, we could do it, you know, a bit more efficiently mm. and we could do it with our spin on it and, and that kind of thing. But I, I think that one of the things I've realised is that, you know, to be to be consistent, you also then have to, you know, have sprinklings of patience. On yeah. To make sure that yeah, it's like finding that middle ground yeah, to be humble so where you're at yeah. and to, like... Being a, grateful. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I do the same where it's like, oh, I look back on the last few years and, you know, moving into state and starting a bit of a new life. And it's like, then I get so caught up in my head. I'm like, yeah, you've got to keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this. And I'm like, hang on, you're in a good spot. Yeah. You've just achieved pretty much everything you wanted to with, you know, with what you had planned over the last few years. Yeah. Be grateful for it. And then, you know, in the next few weeks, new things come up and then you realise, well, you know, now I can start again and start this this new goal or yeah. if it's looking at a new space to open up, whatever it is. And, yeah, yeah you are right as, like, as, as, as you know, full on and, and as excited you can get as wanting to get after it and, and crush right. it. It's like, hang on, pull right. it back, yeah. just be humble, find that balance. Mm. And it is a sweet spot sometimes and sometimes you tip, like I'm sure everyone's, you know, you tip over one end of the scale more than the other. Yeah, look, absolutely. You're always <laughs> oscillating between those two places, you know. I don't think... I think as long as you've got that hunger, there's going to be an element of impatience. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at, look at your background, you know. I mean, when you came came to Melbourne for the first few months, it was, you know, you were you were doing some hardcore labouring, you know, and that was, was hard on your body, it was hard on your spirit, you know. You were... You know, the, the thing about going in labouring is you're at that bottom of that chain, mm. you know, and you've got to work yourself up and as you pick up your different skills and that kind of thing. And then I look at you now, mm. and you're saying, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm ready and you, you put your hands up for opportunities that, you know, we've talked about mm. off, off, um, offline. And, and that's, that's the beauty of it, you know. I mean, there's, you don't, there is infinite opportunity out there. You don't set limits on yourself. Um, and I think you approach everything with a, a level of common sense. Yeah. That's what I love about like just, you know, doing the podcast and, you know, I said it before I started doing the podcast is like my group of friends and family, like I have so many interesting people to pull from because, you know, I've got friends that are business owners or friends that, you know, have just started jujitsu. Like my first episode was a friend who just did his first jujitsu competition and that's, that's a great conversation in itself or, you know, um, other people that are starting their businesses or have done other things. And that's what I love about just being able to talk about, like, you know, I guess it is human optimization in, in one essence, but also it is, it is life, you know, and just talking about these things, it's motivating and having these discussions is, it's inspirational. And, you know, like I could listen to a similar podcast to this and, you know, I might not know who those two guys or two girls are, whatever they're talking about. I don't really know them. But they are, they're being authentic in their conversation. They're talking about their struggles and their interests in whatever it is. Mm. And I find that like, you can relate to it. Absolutely. So that's why having these conversations and, yeah, and doing actually, this is, is very exciting. Authentic, it's actually quite interesting because one of the things that happens as an entrepreneur is that unless you're extremely social and you've got a, a really good network of, of mentors around you, you know, I, I'm, I wasn't in that position um, a few years ago. But in your mind, I call it the Instagram effect, you know, which yeah. I curse, I, I absolutely loathe. But there's there's imagery that, that, that is conjured, you know, in your mind's eye where you see success begetting success, but success is measured by your the brand of car you might drive mm. or the, the money you might be flashing or whatever it might be, or travelling first class and that kind of thing. And what I found so useful with, uh, with podcasts, and thank you for putting me onto it because I must say that 
I'd known about pos- podcasts for many years, but you know, your infectious nature of the way you said, you've got to try this stuff. You know, yeah, this yeah. is great because it is now just become mentors at my fingertips, you know, because you listen to people in similar struggles, you know, and we all, you know, whether it be a multi-billion dollar business or a million dollar business, I mean, I've been, I was listening to Richard Branson recently, and it's amazing, you know, there's so much in terms of personality style that we are like, oh my God, resonate, you know, yeah. like, I could be that guy. You yeah. Know? And, and talking to someone who, who's had failures and had so many scares and, and, and fears, and, and yet they, pers- you know, yet they persevere. Mm. I think that's the, the ultimate, the ultimate way, you know, and, and, and it's such a great thing to be able to have the, these conversations with people, you know, and as you say, you might not know them, you know, it might not be, you know, jiu-jitsu that I do, I don't know anything about jiu-jitsu, mm. I don't know what you represent and what you tell me about it, you mm. know, and, but it's still so interesting because you, you listen to people and, and everyone's so similar, you know, whatever your walk of life, if you've been locked in, yeah. you're walking in fear, you know, and you're, despite walking in fear, you're, you're still facing, yeah. which is great. Yeah, and that's the thing. You're never going to not live. I mean, there's going to be fear and anxieties, and you know, like that saying, "Life is suffering." Yes. It's 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 knowing that okay, it's there. It's it's having the the reflective skill to be able to know okay, life is hard. It's challenging, mm. but I do have a choice to either you know accept it and you know um work with it as much as I can yeah. because I know it will grow me stronger. But you also, if you don't make that choice, then you will continue continually to suffer and yeah. life will seem like it's hitting you down and then you can end up blaming other people for your life's troubles. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I mean, look, the thing that I've understood with, with regard to fear is if you're fearful, I think, for, for me now, I, I suppose I take that on board as a real nice measure that I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. You know yeah. what I mean? So if I'm not scared about a decision I'm making... I've either been doing it too long or I've done it before. Yeah. You know, and it's too predictable. And I have always got an anxious knot in my gut. Like, yeah. No matter what, you know, no matter what it is. Because <laughs> I'm, every time I'm looking at something thinking maybe we could do that. But oh my goodness, there's that, that little twang inside. I shouldn't because I'm safe and I've got a cafe that's, you know, cash flow positive and that kind of thing. But it's not, it's not about that. You know, it's about, it's never been about the money. You know, I probably should have started the podcast with you saying that it's never been about the money. It was always about, I needed to prove to myself that I could do this, you know, and I could be my own boss, could be the master of my destiny, you know, and, and I see that with you, you know, even with watching you sort of start this podcast series, it's excellent. Mm. You know? I mean, I see, you know, you investing in yourself, you know, you're making some real conscious decisions about how you're now wanting to be the architect of your future. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic. It's so inspirational because, you know, you're, you're creating this, you know, and, you know, you were telling me the other day, you, you got up to 400 listen, listen you know, mm. that was, and that's on, on your second or third podcast. Mm. That's phenomenal. You know, when you think about the exponential nature of what it is and who you're reaching and the fact that it's now beyond 3011 or 3012 postcode, you know, you're, you're global. Yeah. You're just like that. You yeah. Know? And you were talking about that, that ability to be able to speak to a room full of 400 people if you wouldn't have thought possible. And here you are, you know, just being able to manifest. Yeah, well, thanks to, you know, the internet and technology over the years, it's amazing what we can do now. Yeah. And, yeah, it's exciting. And, um, I, mean, I mean, it's the same if you get back to, say, like, the cafe. It's like it probably wouldn't be as popular as it is without, you know, an Instagram account. And not not that you, like, are a big Instagram user. Obviously, you have someone else who looks after your Instagram account for the cafe. But, I mean... Yeah, it's, it just kind of blows me away of what we're able to achieve now and be able to share. Like, you know, we can create this community of like-minded people, like, you know, me, you, the people we work with, the people I train jiu-jitsu with, and you're all riding, you're getting this momentum through, you know, like positivity and change and resi- and building resilience through through what you're doing. But also you're able to share that on, another, on a larger scale with, like-minded people around the world and it's Absolutely. it's just yeah it is it is fascinating isn't it it sure is i mean look the, the thing the thing that i love about what it is that we do you know at the moment is the ability to as you said to share these experiences with people but also then surround yourself with people that are like-minded you know because i find myself you know um i'm i'm very much a um, i don't know i use the word chameleon a bit but i i become a real representation of my surroundings you mm. know and so if i'm 
bogged down by a little bit of heaviness and that kind of thing, you know, I find myself sort of getting into that headspace, you know, where I start to represent someone else's kind of um, limitation, yep. you know, uh, whereas if you're, you force yourself out there and you kind of, you're always having conversations with people that are like-minded and positive and, you know, wanting to, you know, they, they have that drive and that ambition, Yeah, it's, it's exponential, man, it is unbelievable the way you can pick up on that energy you know, even this conversation now, you know, I'm not telling you something I don't know and it's not something you haven't heard before. But as you sort of rehash it, repackage it, you know, and obviously a little bit more eloquently for your podcast, mm. you know, without the necessary swearing and all of that in conversation yeah. stuff, it makes you think, well, man, you know, we've got something here, you know. And again, I'm starting to get impatient as I speak to you. Yeah. Like, There's opportunity out there, you know. I've, I've seen places for lease. What can we do with it? What should we do with mm. it? You know, let's, let's, let's do something. So when you do have those like moments where like you're up in your head a bit too much or you find you're like almost living someone else's paradigm a little bit, like would you have any certain techniques you have used well, to like get yourself forward fun, again? Funny you say that. I've actually started to use one of your techniques that you use that I've, you know, journaling. I've, I've started to kind of really make a conscious effort to kind of note down some of those observations. Like, you know, some years ago, probably... Probably about four, four years ago, I had a, I, I'd sort of, you know, we'd come out of this really tough time with, with the business partnership sort of deterioration and stuff, and I found myself in a really, really bad mental headspace. You know? Yeah. And uh, I was, look, I was really depressed, you know, horribly anxious, and, and really struggled with, with sort of my reality, you know, at that time. Uh, but being, being able to kind of sort of get, get out of my head and then put some of these these doubts and concerns and whatever on paper, it really kind of then, you're able to quantify it, you know, because in your head, there's no boundaries, right? I mean, for me, I'm such a big dreamer. It works conversely as well. Like, you you know, I, I, it's like chicken little. You know, yeah. Like the sky's falling down. Um, and so by putting it down on paper, it sort of limits how bad it's going to be. And then when you look at it, or you might look, I, I might get a, I might wake up at night going, holy crap, you know, such and such bills due and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and how are we going to make it? But as long as it's out of my head and then on paper, I find that then it's quantified, you know, and then at least I'm not ruminating over it. It sort of sits there and then the next morning I wake up, it's like, yep, yeah. I always knew that was coming. I'm not surprised, you know, it's okay. We'll deal with that just like we do with every other challenge. You know, yeah. So on, so. It's funny how just making a, a list of to-dos can really clarify it because I find it too. It's like, like this time, you know, it's Christmas, mm. you got all these things to think about, like, holiday or not holiday presents for individuals um you know going a week or two without pay and then you're like all right all these things and it's like you know you can really do yourself in if you if you don't take the time to either you know you might meditate someone might meditate but for instance i find physically getting it out of your of your head yeah. and physically writing it down mm. just puts puts it in its place a little body you can kind of like you know like uh put it in its own little file mm. you know and it, it, it helps a lot yeah, it's cool. Um, so, I mean, the cafe, you know, it's West 48 here in the western suburbs of Melbourne. You you opened up a cafe, I'd say, you know, five years ago. Like, Footscray w was seen as a bit of a derelict kind of suburb. You know, a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, I guess there's a bit of a drug issue there. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of, a bit of homeless, a lot of junkies get around. But it's a very multicultural place, mm. like, and that's what I love about living here is dynamic, because yeah. it's very dynamic. And you've opened up this place, and you know it would have been even more of a, you know, even more of a risk. You're opening up in a place where there's not necessarily the, the, uh, the numbers to create, you know, mm. to create a business from. But but then again, you've done it, and you know, if you build it, they will come, and it and it and it yeah. happened. I oh, look, I believe that. I really do believe that. I mean, it's. it's um like the field of dreams, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's people, I, I, I find that people are very open, you know, to, to the possibility and, um, you know, it's, it's been paid back in volumes over the years, you know, through West 48, you know, taking the risk in the area, not necessarily, as you say, having the right demographic at the time and, you know, all that sort of thing, but, but this is what I was talking about, you know, being naive is also great. Mm. You know, I mean, I, would I do it again? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like that's now become a little bit of a, the way I approach business. You know, the, the more obscure it is and the, the, the crazier the idea, the more impossible it is because it's, 
Yes, it is a it's it is a massive drop by taking that chance, but it's also a massive win when yeah. you know or a, a biggest high when it all just comes together. You know, like the the espresso um, kiosk um, at the Sim Supermarket. You know, the way that came to be was a just a conversation with the former owners saying, "Listen, you know, would would you guys be open to giving us a little car park, you know, on the other side of the street, and we'll drop a little container in there and we'll make coffee, and you know." And then the gentleman at the time, David Cotter, rest in peace, who passed away last year, you know, he was like, well, actually, I've got the, the perfect spot for you. Mm. Let me move some trolleys out of the way and, and pop a little cart and then see what happens. And, you know, that was four years ago. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it still rocks and it does, does a great job. Yeah. So it's a possibility, man. You just never know, you know. you just got to take chances. And, and look, it's not to say I guess I have been blessed that, you know, they, a lot of entrepreneurs talk about luck and I've always believed that, you know, you, you create your own luck, but there's also that element of, you know, chance, you know, mm. you just don't know, um, and, and we were fortunate, so, yeah, and now you're seeing, you know, obviously, as rent prices go up and inflation, you know, more and more people are moving to the suburbs, mm. and now there's a whole different kind of world going on Absolutely. over here, so, and it's there's, exciting. there's more cafes, there's more healthy competition, it's, it's so it's good, toes, but it's excellent, I love it, I think the more, more cafes in the area, the better, because it gives people a choice, but it keeps the the old people like us. If you know, if issues a challenge, it's like, well, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you know, bring bring it. It's like yeah, on. yeah. It makes make sure that we stay current and as fresh as possible. Yeah. Um, but also pushes me in terms of the way I like being pushed. You know, it's, I love competition. I've always loved that healthy kind of dose. And, well, I want to come out. I want to come at Trump's. You know, mm. I mean, at least even if I don't, I want to do my absolute best to give myself the best opportunity. Yeah, so for sure. That's kind of how I've always kind of seen seen life. And because of that, I think the more more opportunity, the more people that come into the area, um, it diversifies the crowd as well, I think, which is nice. You know, it brings in a lot of people. I mean, there are some big, big heavy hitters that are moving into the area now you mm. know, much uh, that have been doing it for much more time than I have. Um, but it's great because it's just, they bring a whole heap more more industry to the area as well. Yeah. So talking about the future, you obviously don't have to name anything that's coming up, but do you have plans for, yeah, for look, opening I, more spaces? I, look, I've got I've got some big plans for twenty eighteen. I love the end of the end of the year. It's like this this dynamic kind of imaginary timeline. It's sort of everything resets. It's like movies, you know, when the, the clock kind of gets to zero 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 and then sort of counts back up again and then restarts. Yeah. Um, so I've set myself some big goals for twenty eighteen. Like I think that I've got a place that's to come online if everything goes well by the end of February next year, uh, not too far from the cafe. Um, I've also set myself a challenge. I want to do three places a year for the next 10 years. Okay. You know, whether it's possible, like, I don't know. You know, it's a number that I've picked out. Don't ask me how I came up with it. Just in terms of my timelines and, you know, the, the, the things that I like doing most about the, the job that I have in, in the role, my role in the organisation is... is imagining spaces and then bringing them to life you know i've got people that work with me like yourself you know ian michelle um people that are even scotty people that are amazing professionals in their own right that have aspirations to to do things with me you know and, and, and it's amazing as the team grows you know the the team that i work directly with also grows you know? yeah and so the uh, you know next year i'm hoping that you know i i, I don't necessarily know what what my offerings will be, but you know, I've got three different places that I've, or sections of, of the, the area that I would like to sort of have some representation. In. Yeah. Um, whether they be night spaces, I mean, at the moment, food and beverage is, is great. I love it. You know, yeah. I think it's a, it's a hell of a challenge, you know, and, and, and I love the fact that because we are the new trendy hotspot of, of Melbourne, it's a great place to be. You know, we've got that gra- ga- gra- um, grandfathering kind of element where because we've been in the area for quite some time people know the brand they understand you know that the pride that we take in everything that we do um, for the community so I think that in some ways it's like a warm lead you know I can work with with our current sort of customer base to kind of mm. grow it and, and, and as new new people come in as well it gives people the opportunity to sample some of our wares and yeah yeah it's it's really it must be quite you know humbling and nice to actually look back now and be able to see what you've done but also to to know what what you what you are able to achieve mm. like you know like you said 
you do it again and you are, you are you're in the process of doing it again it's not like it might happen it is like you're you're in the process of of manifesting and creating more and no doubt the challenges are going to come the times are going to be tough again but you've you've you're also built up your armor now like you've yeah. got thicker skin so you know how to deal with these situations and they probably will never be as bad as they were. You're right, actually. Because yeah, I think one of the things that I found I struggled most with was the initial phase of, of the business was feeling alone, feeling yeah, unsupported, yeah. you know. The thing that I guess I will never, ever have to deal with ever again is not being supported. You know, I've got a wonderful team that I work with, you know, whether it be in the kitchen, whether it be front of house, whether it be in promotions, whatever it might be, you know, whether it be in construction. There are people that, you know, that, that I implicitly trust and I hope implicitly trust me back. You know, yeah. The, the trust that I have their best interests at heart when I'm sort of approaching them with this. It's funny, Rochelle tells me that it does. she doesn't think that there'll ever be a point in my, in my life where I'll be independently wealthy because if I get any extra funds, I'm always investing it back in the business. Yeah. So I, I'll be the, the forever the entrepreneur pauper. Yeah. You can make everyone else rich around you, <laughs> and they can pay you back. Yeah, that's cool, man. Like it's it's exciting times, and you know it's 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 very like I find myself like you know I'm very grateful for the people that I have around my around myself. You know the group of people I have because you know another thing I hear a lot about people is saying is like just get rid of. If you've got you, know, they might be your friends, not dead not close weights. friends. But yeah, but if they're dead weights, yeah, try and get rid of them because because they will hold you down. And I when I it's true, but have you heard that adage where they say you are the sum of the five, five, yeah. five closest people in your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, you know. But there's some truth to it for sure, yeah. though, because it's like you know, if you were to you know, it's the environment you're creating. Absolutely. Yeah, and it is a reflection of your own self as well. Like you are mirroring, you know, what you're putting out there. And, you know, if you've got self-love and drive to be a good person, you're going you're gonna to attract that. Yeah. So I, I've, I've, I'm very grateful for finding myself in a position where I'm able to be around people, if it's from, you know, work or to, to the gym that I train at, that to, to have people that are driven and wanting, wanting to, to do good and do well. So I'm very grateful for having... For having you in my life and having you know being being able to work, work with you and um, and yeah be be on the journey. It's yeah. it's very exciting. It is exciting. Um, so if you know, I know everyone's listening, and the cafe that you do currently own is West Forty Eight. It's in Essex Street in Footscray. Shout out to everyone in Essex Street. Yeah, yes. you should come check it out if you ever make your way to Melbourne. Great coffee, great food. It's a very good environment. And, um, man, I really look forward to having you on here again, you know, if it's a couple of months or six months or whatever it is because this is just the beginning, you know. It's already been five years in the making, but now it's, 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 it's go time and it's good fun. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it is, absolutely. No, look, thanks for having me. And it, this, has been, this is the first time I've ever done something like this. And can't wait to, to hear what... I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty to talk about. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, See you later. You. Happy birthday to your dad, Peter Fisher. Yeah, shout yeah, out. Nice <laughs> shout out. Thank you. Thank you. That's <laughs> awesome.